0: Authenticity, curiosity, intimacy. These are important for success in your personal life, but they are also the foundations of a new mindset leading to true success, fulfillment, and happiness in business. A new business mindset is a series of conversations with business leaders in which they share the importance of real business relationships founded and based upon authenticity, curiosity, and intimacy. It is a show in which we learn how to cultivate a new business mindset and become more successful, fulfilled, and happy in our own careers. And now, here are your hosts.
1: And welcome to the show. I am your host, Gareth Young. And once again here with my good friend and co-host, Todd Schnick. Todd, good afternoon to you. Hello, Gareth. How are you, my friend? Life is treating me extremely well. I trust the same is true for you.
0: It is. Very,
1: very well. Still having fun up in Chicago. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other <laughs> way. And suffering the humidity of the South for the mm-hmm. show. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hope mm-hmm. you appreciate mm-hmm. that. Oh, absolutely. You better believe it. But I know you also get a lot out of this. So absolutely. Maybe. I am really looking forward to today's conversation. It's going to be a a lot of fun um, before uh, introducing a guest though let's just spend a couple of minutes and reflect on last week's conversation with genie ward Well as i understand
0: it we went down an entirely different path than what you had anticipated that conversation talked about money it was
1: fascinating and we haven't done a lot of that on this I show we hadn't, and
0: yeah. uh, it was intriguing but we talked about a lot of different elements towards that uh, the abundance versus scarcity mindset and how that just messes with so many people's heads talked about getting into a mindset and state of ease. Yeah. And that's hard to explain. You've got to listen to the conversation to understand what Jeannie means by living a life full of ease. It's not what you think. And then she said something else that I thought was intriguing, that this idea of the decisions we make and the moves we make, because we think the, are the, our external environment, that's what they want and to what they expect, and the tremendous power that has over us. And once you let that go, how that changes everything and how you proceed, with your life. So
1: really cool conversation. It was a fascinating conversation. There's an awful lot there to listen to a couple of times. And one thing that was particularly interesting was we discovered right at the end of the conversation that Jeannie knows this week's guest, Uh, which was a very, it is a small world. It is. This week's guest being Tommy Breedlove. Tommy is the founder of Choose Goodness, a company dedicated to helping executives and entrepreneurs focus beyond the bottom line. Prior to that, he had 20 years with Deloitte as a CPA. Tommy, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Just looking forward to today's conversation. Yes. So you can either tell us about what Choose Goodness is about or you can tell us what you started off just in the pre-show conversation telling us, which is it's shifting direction a little bit.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Um, So Choose Goodness is all about powering choice and the choices we make as human beings. And it was instrumental for me. It came to life at age 36 for me. I was partner at, actually not Deloitte, I moved on from Deloitte, but a partner at a large regional financial CPA, M&A, financial consulting firm. And during that time, um, I had the prestige of the title, equity partner, elected to the board of directors at a very young age, financial success, prestige, and I was miserable in every way known to men. And so Choose Goodness was born through a lot of self-reflection. I went on this, I don't even know the right word, emotional, personal, mental, spiritual reconciliation of of who I am and, and who the man I wanted to be. And during that process, Choose Goodness was born just as a benchmark for me as a man. In all of the decisions that I make, was I choosing goodness for myself? And that was the toughest one for me, someone else, my community, or or even more importantly, my planet. And so... That's what it was born. And over the next three or four years, it evolved into a movement. Uh, It's got a lot of parts within the movement. But what you were referring to earlier, the shift now is that over the past seven months, these road signs have appeared in my life. And what I want to be able to do and what I am going to do is I represent a lot of friends and represent a lot of executive men who are in the same place I was at 36 years old. They've got financial success but they're probably not living from their highest level of truth or yeah. who they are as men. And we have to wear a lot of different masks over our lives. We've got our husband mask. We've got our whatever mask we have to wear, the, the funny guy, the tough guy. I've got to be in power. I can't show weakness. And so these gentlemen usually have financial success, but they're missing what I call significance. And that's a holistic approach to who they are, what they represent, what they want their legacy to be, and can they have permission To take off those masks, be the man they're going to be, show some weaknesses in a private setting. And then from that, the goal would be for them as they rebuild who they are and make different choices that it affects their organization, their families, and ultimately society for a better way.
1: So let's spend a little bit of time exploring How you ended up in that place of just profound unhappiness, Mm. the forces, because this is a story that all of your clients now have, but there's a lot of (laughs) listeners out there who are in, you know, who will be able to relate to this.
2: So I've had multiple, I'm I'm very fortunate to be on evolution number three in my life. The short story is I grew up on the other side of the tracks and at 18, I got in a lot of trouble, a significant amount of trouble that could have changed my life. And fortunately, I ended up committing a violent crime against someone I really cared a lot about and was charged with a felony that could have really significantly changed my life. Fortunately, through a lot of good luck, a lot of self-determination, it was ended up dropped down to misdemeanors. I did serve some time at 18, but it scared me straight. And so I was the first person in my family to end up going to college and graduating from college. I worked really hard to not go back to that person. But what happened is that I didn't work on myself in some of the stuff that I was dealing with internally. I didn't even know that I had a choice to work on that right. stuff. I didn't even know that, I you know, I, I basically unconscious living. But I worked really, really hard. I was very focused in business. I was very focused on succeeding in business. I thought that financial gain, coming from where I came from, just ego-driven, personal prestige, getting to the top of the corporate ladder and doing it in not the most positive way, at 36, I hadn't dealt with any of those demons. Right. And so the more money I made or the the title I got and the more people that worked for us and even at the board level, it was just I hadn't dealt with any of my insecurities and fear was driving my life as opposed to goodness is what I call it. Or some people, you know, the opposite of fear is love. But literally I was making decisions out of fear of, I, I love what you said earlier, and what Jeannie said earlier about it, out of scarcity, a scarcity mindset, yeah. never having enough. And as I stated before we started this program, I was unconsciously living that madman life, but unconsciously trying to kill myself because I never felt like I was good enough. No matter what the results are around me, my marriage was failing. My life was failing. I was working myself to death and in a whole lot of other ways, doing a lot of other things that, that weren't conducive to who I was in the value system. So I just woke up at 36. I think it was either 36 or 37 on January 2nd after four days of just pure chaos and said, no more. There's got to be a better way to live. And I just went on this personal journey of self-discovery. And to this day, Choose Goodness is not just a movement. It's not just a business for me. It's life or death for me. I spend a significant amount of time each week, each day from surrounding myself with very positive inspiring women and men to meditation, to working on myself, to inspiring books, to accountability partners, mentors, life coaches, so that I can live the life I want to live, but also hopefully inspire others to live a more significant life as well. And in my target audience is those businessmen who either lack a peer or can't show certain things out in public or wherever it might be, is to, to reach out to those gentlemen and help them, A, give them permission to choose. And when they do choose both from their business lives or, their, or whatever they're doing to live a more life of significance.
0: Isn't the most important thing that you are going to demonstrate and teach to these, these gentlemen is the ability for self-reflection and, and how to do this self-discovery? When you, when you hit that wall at 36, and you said, "I came out of it because I have gone through some, went through some intense uh, self-reflection." I think most people on this earth stink at that. <laughs> they don't do it. They don't understand it. And how can you possibly think about how you want to change direction in your life and go down different paths if you don't go through that process? Can you coach the audience who is struggling with their, an inability or not even understanding what that is and how to do it? Because I think that's
2: the key to all of this, right? The easiest way to explain it, and I hope I'm answering your question correctly, is the feeling they get, is the feeling they have inside and that comes in a lot of different ways, is you could be a CEO of a company, or VP of a bank, or whatever it might be, and are you truly making the choices, and the self-reflection part of that is there's a series of questions that we can ask about how they're living their life. Are they sacrificing seeing their kids? Are they sacrificing their marriage? Are they always looking externally for outside satisfaction, whether it be money, and the things that I've heard from a lot of these, and, and, and my focus is more on men things that I've heard in private discussions, on porches, on walks. And that's why this is going to be a focus to me. And and just a side note is my old business and and what Choose Goodness was in my old business was financial consulting. They always brought me in to make more money. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you guys, it never was about making them more money. It was about the decisions they were making as leaders and those decisions that affected the culture. So it always came back to that. And the money was the result. And so instead of starting You know, okay, I'll start by fixing your company. And it always goes back to them. So the self-reflection part is the toughest part, I believe, because so many people out there, it's a competitive world in the business world. We've heard these, it's not business. You know, don't take it personal. It's business. I think all of that's nonsense. I think it's all completely a lie. And whoever you are, wherever you go, there you are, right? And how you do anything. I have one of my life coaches, Nancy Vito, says how you do anything is how you do everything. And so I love that saying. I, I actually say. have it, I think, in my journal, my, my first entry, because she's just been so, she's been an angel in my life. But the self-reflection part, it starts with a feeling, and and it starts with a decision. What are you giving up in this pursuit of, quote, financial success or business success or stuff that you probably can't say on the golf club? or you know at the commerce club or things like that because you've got to wear a certain mask in our society our business schools what we read what we see is all about competition and kill or be killed right Mm -hmm. and so we lose ourselves and i'm going a little woo-woo here but we lose the humanity for the profitability and i i'm a firm believer that you can do both so it really starts with a feeling of self-reflection and do you really believe are you living in a fear-based scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset? And some people just don't know. Right. They simply don't know. It's just, it's just a gut thing telling them.
1: i come back to that, but I want to go detail first before I come back to that for a reason I hope will become clear. One of the things that strikes me out of what you're saying, you started working with your clients. Uh, they came to you to help them make more money, and then the whole thing shifts. What that suggests to me is what you're actually doing is building relationships with your clients. Right. So talk about that.
2: The easiest way to explain that is because I've been at the table, I spent 18 to 20 years in that mergers acquisition, corporate consulting space. They bring me in, and unfortunately, my clients usually call me when things have hit the fan. Revenue has dropped, people are leaving, we don't understand why we're not competitive in the marketplace, what's happened to our business, and... Through that process of discovery, um, both at the employee level, at the executive level, at the business level, and basically I come in and do a system, emotional, mental, I, I, come, I come in from a holistic standpoint. But because of, I believe in one of my gifts, one of my, my zones of my spidey sense is because of my background from a young age to also sitting, sitting at the table with CEOs and, and other people, I've, I've built credibility with folks. And I meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I don't come from a place of judgment. I listen a lot. And over that process of, quote, rebuilding the companies, the trust in the relationship is built with not only the employees, but the executives. And there's systems and tools that we put in place that we help them go from self-discovery to business discovery. And through that, it is relationship building, and it is very intimate. It becomes people start sharing. You can't look at just one thing. You have to look at the whole piece. And when I know that we're starting to make headway is you hear things from gentlemen who normally don't, they say, Oh, I could have done that better or let's look at that better or what And a lot of times they think they're leading one way and their people are seeing them the other way. And so it's a trust of how to get them to look in the mirror, be accountable to who they want to be, but do it in a graceful, beat them where they're at way.
1: So what that does, that moves you to a place where what you're doing for your client, in a sense, in an important sense, comes from a place of love for your client as a person, rather than for the stated goals of money or Absolutely. business or whatever, right? You have
2: to. You've got to come from that place of non-judgment, from love, and but also helping them just from a place of you celebrate all their greatness, but also help them see some of the things that they might not be able to see, both in their personal life and their professional life. or. In other words, you're modeling the behavior that they ought to be doing to exactly. their people. That's right. To me, that's the modern
0: definition of the true leader. Absolutely. Is serving their people and not dictating and barking orders from, from the top rung. Right. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you said something earlier that I want to mention here because I think it's critical to a lot of people listening and certainly probably the audience that you're serving. As you said earlier, that you're on evolution number three of your life. And I think it's important to highlight that because I want people to understand you're allowed to have more than one evolution in your life. It's okay to have gone down a path and then determine through self-reflection, self-discovery, all right, I got something out of that, learned something but I want to go a different direction now. Mm. That's okay. I think there's still this mindset that oh, people are going to be disappointed if I have to change things and get a different job or whatever. In my view, <clears throat> that's a healthy way to live a life.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really the evolution and celebrating the great thing, again, it goes back to the power of choice. And are you currently content with who you are and what you're doing mm. and who you serve, Right are you living your highest truth? And those highest truth can change as you evolve as a human being through tragedy or triumph. Evolutions can happen from positive and negative. But one of the things I don't believe is that we're the sum of our mistakes. I think those tragedies also steer us for those who can seek into evolving into some of the greatest people on earth have, have done some pretty bad things. And so I think I know I'm on Evolution 3. One was getting in significant trouble as a youth. The second one was waking up after a three-day hellbender and then really just seeking. And you know, it was crazy during that process talking about the evolution. I went from working 90 hours a week to basically 35, and they kept promoting me. They kept promoting yeah. me. And that, yeah. that's the process that, It was international practice leader, and then it was senior partner, shareholder, board of director. It just kept happening because I went from being one of the most disliked people at the firm, type A personality, tough as nails, get it done. We're going to turn the light off last to, hey, why don't we treat people the way we want to be treated? The clients felt it. The staff felt it. When I decided to eventually leave and go chase the the Choose Goodness movement, I can't tell you how many hugs I have. And, and, And to this day, people reaching out to me from that firm. But you're right, self-discovery and evolution, I think it's the key to life because if you're living an unfulfilled life, professionally or personally, and it's one stew, right? It's one holistic stew. Again, wherever you go, there you are. And so if you feel unfulfilled, there's a lot of ways to seek, transform, and evolve into something. And my evolutions come now because I work so hard at, at my own stuff The evolutions come in the form of positive roadmaps and aha moments. It's like, okay, now you have to do this, or now you have to serve this. And so that's how they happen for me.
1: We've talked about culture of abundance or scarcity. I'm going to play with the idea of uh, the abundance mindset for a minute, because the way you're describing your life, and it's my own experience of my own, that third phase that you moved into, in my experience, that was a phase where I moved into trusting the universe, mm. and it wasn't so much that I had a, a, a mindset of abundance. I just, I moved into a place of what Jeannie would call ease, a place of yeah, just just trust. Mm. And my experience is that gave back to me far more than I gave to it. Right. Does that make sense? Does totally,
2: that... totally. Some people call it flow. Yeah. You just get into the flow, and that comes from letting go, not wanting to control. Some call that surrender. So many times in our lives we want to control everything around us and how we feel, and the reality is we have no control. Right. And each time you push, we can call it the universe, we can call it flow, some call it spirit, some call it God, it pushes back. Anytime you force. And if anytime you're trying to force something, it'll just, it will not happen. But when you let go, you trust. I do believe there's a lot of also the way you think if you hear yourself criticizing or blaming, judging, resenting, looking, what does this person have? What does this person have? I think that's also pushing against. It's not the flow. Right. It's not coming from a place of celebration what someone else have, and just release and let it come to you. It sounds really out there, but you've lived it. I've lived it. I can't believe the people that appear in my life now, the interviews that I get, The friends that I have, the people that are reaching out to me, it's scary, but it's brilliant. And it's beautiful because I'm not, there's really no ego involved in it. It's just about letting go and and, and seeing what comes. And what's come has just been just a flow of abundance. And and it's a beautiful thing. And it's hard to describe until you've been there. But there's a lot of tools in the toolbox that you can do to help get there. right? But believing is huge too.
1: So we're close to out of time here. So we need to wrap up in a minute. As we finish this, though, Give our audience some thoughts, maybe some of those tools they can sort of play around with a little bit on their own to start to experience this, to start to move into that place.
2: The first thing I would do is ask you to take a personal inventory and how much of your time are you spending in a judgment, criticizing us first, them attitude is really do self-reflection. Really look at yourself. How much of that are you truly doing? Another thing to look at is are you sick a lot? Do you feel like when you speak that you're speaking from a place of heart? Or are you feeling like you're speaking what people want to hear, even if you don't believe it? So there's all these things. There's these little self inventory things you can do. It are you compromising the most important things in your life? Are you compromising time with your family? Are you not calling your sick mom because you want to put in the extra three billable hours? Are you missing your children's game? Are you is your relationship failing? And you look. There's a lot of personal. And once you know those things and those struggles that you're going, there's a lot of tools from who you surround yourself with to mentors to folks like me that take a holistic approach, both from the business standpoint and a personal standpoint. So some of the tools that I would see is in order to get in the flow, you have to change your mindset. It starts with the the way you feel in your mindset. And if you start catching yourself criticizing or blaming or squabbling with people, the need to always be right, the need to be, to have constant affirmation from others. If you, if you start getting away from that and start just getting more quiet in a listening space, there's a million books you can read. There's mastermind groups you can be a part of. One of the things that's changed my life significantly is meditation. And I, I practice about 12 different forms of meditation. And I actually have a, a meditation for business people book coming out soon. Oh, it's simple, <laughs> simple things you can do. It's not about living in a teepee and quitting your job. It's about simple things that you can do either before a meeting and about getting quiet and exercising your brain. That's one thing that you can start practicing. It's a mindset. And there's great texts out there that are ancient. And, you know, as a man thinketh, so as a man thinketh, so he becomes. Think and grow rich. And that was an interview of four or 500 of the most successful businessmen of all time. And it's all about thought, desire, feeling, and living your highest truth. And so There's a lot of tools in the toolbox and a lot of stuff out there to get to where you want to be, but you got to be willing to change.
1: So you got to start with the self-reflection, these inventories and looking at
2: who you are manifesting, not who you are deep
1: inside, but who you are manifesting. Correct. And then from there, have the desire to change and be willing to engage the tools to talk to people and all those other ways one can work on it.
2: Absolutely. And as human beings, whether you're the President of the United States or the homeless person on the street, we all want to be seen and loved yeah. and respected. Yeah. And we all want to be happy and flourish. And are you happy or are you not happy? And it's really that simple.
1: It's really that simple. And that's, I think, a perfect place to end this conversation, Tommy. Thank you so much. You're this very welcome. This has been a really rich and wonderful conversation. Absolutely. Before we let you go, how can people get a hold of you if they want to carry on this conversation with you?
2: Absolutely. You can reach me at Tommy. At choosegoodnessnow.com. Perfect. Our website is www.choosegoodnessnow.com. And both of those ways, I'll respond very quickly. Tommy, thank you again for being with us on the show.
1: From my co-host, Todd Schnick, from myself, Gareth Young, from our guest, Tommy Breedlove, thank you for joining us today and spend some time this week thinking about reflecting, thinking about what you want to be and making some choices, beginning to make those choices. And
2: hopefully you'll choose goodness. And hopefully
1: you'll choose goodness and hopefully you'll choose to join us again next time. You have been listening to A New Business Mindset, a radio show about the importance of authenticity, curiosity and intimacy in business. To catch other great conversations and to learn more about the show, please visit us on newbusinessmindset.com. If you liked what you heard and to really help us out, it'd be great if you'd visit and leave a review on iTunes. So thanks again for listening. A New Business Mindset will return next week.